Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Man, I'm tired. Why? Because it's ridiculously it, early in the morning. This is for sure the earliest we've done. No doubt about it. Uh, it's also the first time it's been too early to even drink red beer it is too early to drink red beer yeah. in fact uh when we were when we were sort of uh planning the show out i had that thought to myself i'd say you know there's just no chance it's not there's not going to be any whiskey no there's not going to be any red beer uh because it is literally six in the morning well now it's six twenty, but yeah no it's still a little bit too early for me that'll ruin the whole trajectory of my day <laughs> uh yeah uh but i'm good uh i'm good uh finished up a long week but this is like the sort of last week before christmas vacation mm-hmm. uh i have to pack a bag at some point in the next 24 hours uh and prepare to put my two small children on an airplane which is always uh i mean just the idea of it Ugh. is worse than the actual process and and they're old enough now that you they can s- carry their own shit that yeah we bought them suitcases yeah good yeah <laughs> <laughs> we bought them suitcases. Uh, you know, some of that is just because they're ticket holding passengers and we need their space. Yeah. Right. So we got them like not small suitcases. Yeah. Uh, you know, so not- that you can pack Kim's toiletries into that bag because the, the toiletries that travel with yeah. an adult woman are astounding. You know, Kim's actually, uh, uh, Kim's actually pretty mobile when it comes to that stuff. I'm probably worse on the toiletry front than she is. Really? Yeah. Yeah, almost certainly. Well, she, I stand by my statements. So. <laughs> <laughs> Traveling with an adult woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but other than that, uh, other than that, I am, uh, I'm just trucking along. There have been no major changes in my life. Uh, so n- nothing, nothing, to, uh, uh, nothing to note really at home besides just normal life. And no kitchen. Oh, yeah. that's true. I have not had a kitchen this week. I, I thought you had like an Ebola patient quarantined in your kitchen right there's a right. The contractor plastic up with a zipper down the middle i was like this isn't this is bad why are, why'd you let me in here right yeah no uh it's et actually we oh, have huh. et on a bed and missed him uh no they they in fact last monday last monday uh about 10 in the morning my wife calls me uh not quite not quite frantic but just like sort of uh perplexed and uh, says, hey, these contractors are here, and they say they're going to rip out the floor. And <laughs> so I laugh, and I was like, tell them no that next Monday. Uh, so because, you know, it, when you do when you do a kitchen, right, they were taking out cabinets, and... Uh, it's pretty intrusive. Well, yeah, it's going to take us time, right? We hadn't, like, hadn't emptied out the cabinets or anything, and so, uh, yeah, they came back the next week. Uh, they came back on Monday, and so... They reinstalled the cabinets yesterday. That felt that felt like they've at least rough in, uh, done the rough in on the cabinets. Mm-hmm. So uh, that felt like okay, we're we're getting close to being back. So they still have to put in the floors, um, you know, at least the the finished grade on the floors. They have to finish up mounting the cabinets. They're not. I'm not sure what what needs to happen still. But so it's like uh, by the time we get back from California, we'll have a kitchen again. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been rough. I believe it. It's been eating it's been keto, rough. not out of a kitchen would be very hard. I bet. We just are not on keto. Oh, yeah, we're just not on keto because it was going to be impossible. Yeah, it was going to be impossible. So, but we got to talk about how you are because oh. you're you're actually. Uh, I had a big life change. You had a big life change one week ago, actually, 
almost almost to the minute, uh, my wife had a baby. So as of last Saturday, we are now a two-child household, uh, which is... Uh, it is not the transition, the challenge of transition I expected it to be. One to two seems to be a pretty manageable because it's like we went from a two on one defense to man to man defense and we can sure. both manage that. Sure. I imagine the jump from two to three is really the, the game changer there. You, you know, I wouldn't want to do that. I, I think that it's probably not. You know, I think, uh, you, you know, we had this conversation yeah. recently where I said it's really hard to explain, but at the end of the day, it's not harder, it's just different. And I think that uh, it's just, it, it's hard to understand it because I mean it's just like with your baby, right? It, you cannot understand how much you're going to love that baby until it's there. Yeah, he's pretty okay. It, you, you know, uh, Jerry's still out though. Uh, and, and so, but 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 also <laughs> like the difficulty of having a second baby. It's like, well, yeah, it's hard, and yeah, it sucks, but it's never as hard as you think. It's both as hard as you think, and mm. significantly easier. Yeah, I can get behind that. It, you know, so. Uh, it's really hard to explain that phenomenon to someone who's not been through it, uh, I, I think. Uh, but the one that always are. shocked me was how people always talk about how kids are so expensive. And they don't really get expensive until they get a little bit older. Like I, When we had one, we didn't really notice a financial difference until he went to daycare. And that's when kids get expensive. Daycare. Yeah, daycare Whoa. and soccer and basketball and yeah, they just have to get a little bit older. For iPads, yeah, chess tournaments, yeah, airplane tickets, <laughs> fucking airplane tickets. They don't get Good a, you don't Lord. get a kid discount for an airplane ticket. It's nonsense. Well, I'm really glad to have you back. In fact, I didn't expect to have you back, and then. Uh, you had messaged me the other day and said, "When are we going to record on Saturday?" And I said, "Well." Uh, Andrew, I've actually already lined up. Already a replaced me. Yeah, I've already replaced you for Saturday, so I don't need you. And he said, "Well, can I can I come?" And yeah. then we had to negotiate terms. Uh, but alas, here you are. Here I am. Short it, unpaid paternity leave. Got to get back into the, into making that money. And that's a good segue to introduce our guest for today. Let's so, do it. Uh, we have with us Instagram user at grog.jd, better known as JD. Correct. JD uh, and JD, you, you are uh, you are several hours ahead of us right now. Um, yes. So you. Yes, so it, it, it's not too early for me to add whiskey into my coffee. Y- yes, I think that's right. I think that's right. Uh, and and God bless you for it, uh, JD. A, thank you for joining us. And, and oh, you're welcome. And B, why don't you introduce yourself for the folks? Okay, so. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at GrogJD. I'm also one of the several people behind the Traveling Watch Project. Uh, 50-some years old and uh, got into watches uh, pretty heavily a couple of years ago. And that's what led me to you guys. Fantastic. And JD, it, uh, it, I'd be remiss not to mention that we, we're probably not going to introduce it necessarily, but you also have... Uh, a top 10 in the world mustache. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, it was something that was actually my wife's idea. It took her several years to talk me into it. Okay. That's unusual. That's it, very it uncommon. And, and and now it's like I get tired of it and I'm ready to shave it off. 
and then somebody makes a comment about it, so it's like, oh crap, it's got to live another day. It has it has you have you found that it's become like part of you, like you like you are less of a man without it, perhaps, or at least there's a concern of that. I don't know about less of a man, uh, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's part of me. <laughs> I, I, I first I have to be a man to start with, uh, but I think myself just as a, uh, an older boy. Sure. But yes, if, if I decided to ever commit a, a federal crime, the first thing I would do would be shave the mustache. Definitely. Well, I would do it after after you commit the crime. Well, yeah, yeah. after I commit the crime. <clears throat> yeah, because yeah. that, that would be yeah. a big indicator. Yeah. Like, oh, we're looking for that guy. <laughs> you know, JD, we're actually um, uh, we don't have guests every week. Uh, we do we do try to. I think our, our as our show sort of matures, we've tried to incorporate more and more guests because uh, people have get gotten tired of hearing the only things we have to say. Uh, but we have to be a little selective. Uh, but but it occurred to me pretty early on that you're a really natural fit. You know, going through your Instagram uh, page mm-hmm. and. Um, haven't had some conversations with you in the past over DM or whatever. Uh, you, you know, we say this a lot on the show, but you just are kind of people, right? Uh, you, you dig a good whiskey. Yep. You dig a good beer. Yes, sir. You ride, you ride classic style bikes and, and you ride flat pedals. God bless you for it. Uh, (laughs) you, uh, you, you dig on watches, and and you dig on watches in a way uh, that is is not the typical, uh, not the typical. Hey, I've got an Orient, I've got uh, a Citizen, and 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 perhaps a quirky Swatch or Casio. Like you really got deep o- over the edge, and uh, so we'll apologize to your wife to the extent we've influenced that. Um, so so assuming she'll listen to this, our apologies extended to you, but. Um, would you call yourself a serial hobbyist? Yes. Uh, yes, I think I would, because I, I find that there's something that I latch on to, and then I'm really going to go down the, the rabbit hole with that. So uh, with guitars and amps, I ended up writing for a, a national guitar magazine for a while, did uh, a lot of amplifier mods and, and built tube amps and uh, pedals and stuff. Uh Got into skateboarding pretty good for a little bit as a in my early twenties to early thirties. Uh, started racing bikes, uh, and I was just cool tooling around with that for a while, and then went down the rabbit hole and started racing cyclocross. Uh, and now I still have like thirty pairs of tires hanging up in my shed. And <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, when I got to watches, it was kind of the same thing. Sounds about right. Yeah. That sounds very familiar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I, I actually don't even ride uh, my bike all that often anymore, uh, but I also have about 30 pairs of tires, which is which is about 29 pair of tires too many for a guy who rides his bike as often as I do uh, in, in the garage. Um, well, J.D., I, I think that the, the reason that we brought you uh, on the show... Uh, in particular, the reason we wanted to bring you on the show is because you are one of a small hand, uh, handful of guys who are running this, as you mentioned, the Traveling Watch Project. And for those of you who don't know, Traveling Watch Project uh, is the the username on Instagram. But this is a uh, this is a 
a, a project born out of the minds of these uh, fellows who are are veteran advocates and watch enthusiasts. Uh, but w- why don't you tell us a little bit about what Traveling Watch Project is, uh, h- how it got formed, and, and, and what you guys were trying to do with this thing. Yeah, so there's, there's a group of mothers. Uh, uh, there's a gentleman who's on Instagram as Evel Custom, E-V-E-L Custom. He kind of got us together. Um, so uh, DIY watch and straps, Stazo and uh, Davy Jones, 1905, 2014. I, I don't know why he went <laughs> such a long Instagram handle. But... <laughs> or a so, long date span. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I really hope he's not that old. but uh, <laughs> Or dead. Or dead, yeah. yeah. That would be kind of creepy. But... Uh, we, uh, so Evel Custom got us together to work on a couple of different projects. Uh, and as happens when you're in this groups, everybody has different ideas and we just start talking about crap in general, like you guys do on the show. Uh, and one of the guys just threw out the, a traveling watch project that they heard about what was on watch you seek before. And we thought, well, that'd be kind of cool to do. And we kind of battered, bantered that back and forth a little bit. And finally, I just said, okay, let's just do it. I got a couple of watches. I got more than a couple of watches. Uh, okay. So I just kind of took the ball and ran with it. And then I told the guys, okay, here's the plan. <laughs> I've, got the, I've got the watch. Here's the Instagram. And let's go. So that, that's kind of how it started. So when you say got got everyone together, did he just kind of were, were you guys in contact previously, or was this just a a DM from clearly another watch enthusiast that was like, "Hey man, let's talk about watches." So Evel Custom just kind of put together a DM group on Instagram because he wanted to work on a project and he wanted to, to invite the, the other four or five of us in to the group, and uh, from there we started a uh, WhatsApp chat group, and we just started working on a project and hopefully in about three, four months, we're able to announce what that project is. Uh, but, you know, as we were talking and, and shooting out other random ideas and just talking about life in general, the, the traveling watch project kind of got born from that. So this is, the, then this is a good opportunity to say the traveling watch project is a discrete project, but there's something else in the, in the works from the same group of fellows. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's ex- that's exciting. We won't dig too much on that. I can tell. I can tell you're a little. Uh, you're being a little bit cagey about it. So, so we'll let you. We'll let you maintain your your secrecy. But so now's the time to tighten ah. the screws. Uh, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that that when the time comes uh, to to talk about that uh, project, the folks will be able to find that information if they're following Traveling Watch Project. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Yep. Good. Yep. Well, uh, what I'd like to do here is talk a little bit because I think this is maybe the neatest part of the Traveling Watch Project because it's not just a, hey, here's a fun thing type deal, but it's it's actually a little bit bigger than that. Can you talk about what the purpose of the Traveling Watch Project is and, and what the ultimate goal for that is? Yeah. So to me, the Traveling Watch Project was not so much a way to get everybody to experience a really cool watch but just a way to connect people together. And uh, with that, you know, I've, one of my watches, it's a SNK 805 that's got a different dial on it and uh, a DIY watch and straps built a new strap for it. 
but other than that, it, it's a pretty standard watch. And the idea wasn't so much to, you know, again, to really say, hey, this is a really cool watch. Everybody check this out. It's just a way to connect people. Uh, and with that, we're trying to just kind of pass it along from person to person uh, throughout the country. And we've got quite a few people actually over in England, Australia, a couple of people in uh, Southeast Asia as well, uh, Philippines, uh, who want to be in on this. Uh, and the idea is to get the watch all the way around the world, basically. And then whatever date that is, it might be a year from now, it might be two years from now, uh, we'll put together a book of all the pictures of, of all the different people who've hosted it, the places they've taken the traveling watch. And then we're going to auction the watch and the book. Uh, and then we're going to take the, the proceeds and donate it to the Veterans Watch Initiative. So uh, that is a watch school out in, I got to look it up, I think Delaware. But the watch school was started by a gentleman just to train uh, returning veterans and especially wounded veterans who've had some you know, disabilities or inability to find other work, I should say. Um, and, and I will say we're not officially affiliated with them in any way. I did try to contact them to get the okay to, to use the name or not and haven't really heard back. I imagine they've got their hands full. So uh, we just decided we're going to run with it. This sounded like such a great idea that uh, this is something we really wanted to support. I love that. I love that. And, and so the idea of the Veterans Watch Initiative is they uh, they train folks to do watch watchmaking, um, folks who have got combat experience and are maybe dealing with the realities of of trying to reenter reenter society. Yeah, that is exactly it. And people who are trying to deal with their PTSD, uh, who maybe just don't work real well around people for whatever reason. Uh, they find that, you know, being by themselves and being able to focus uh, on working on watches kind of really helps get them centered, I guess, would be a way to say it. Sure. Kind of help. Real meticulous know, tasks are incredibly therapeutic anyway, and that, that's a that's a really interesting idea. How did you come across uh, the, the Veterans Watch Initiative? I think it was because throughout random watch trading, I ended up with a Bulova. And so I was trying to go to the website to look up more information about this particular model. And Bulova now is, is uh, mostly, it seems like a fashion brand, not quite what they used to be, but they also support this uh, Veterans Watch Initiative. And this was kind of like a little blurb on the bottom corner of one of their pages. So it, that sounds like a great idea. Mm -hmm. so I kind of delved into it from there. And uh, I watched some of the videos that uh, the gentleman from uh, NTH Watches did when he uh, donated some project products over to uh, the Veterans Watch Initiative. Uh, and this is Chris, Red, Chris Vale from Anth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, uh, maker of fantastic watches. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I've referred to it as Anth. Uh, but in the video, he refers to it as NTH. So I'm not sure which way is the correct way to do it, but 
you know that's his company. That's super. That's super interesting that you say that. We've uh, we've we've been down the rabbit hole on this one, but uh, I, I was calling it NTH watches for for years, and we've got corrected by a, a listener that said it's nth, and then Chris actually confirmed to us that it's nth. But I have also heard him refer to it as NTH. So. <laughs> I like that. A man shrouded in mystery. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. Uh, he so, always gets to be right in that conversation. And, and now you're. You, JD, you're a Marine. Is that correct? No. No, okay. Uh, no, my oldest son is a Marine. Okay, your oldest son was a Marine and and your your younger son is in the army currently, is that correct? Uh, the middle son, actually he wrapped up a few years ago. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he did his uh, 4 years. So so gold gold star family as it were. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay, fantastic. Uh I mean not fantastic obviously, but uh Thank you for your, thank you for your contribution. You know, we're Andrew and I are both currently Army reservists through the National Guard. Uh, Andrew's former active duty. I've been uh, I've been a weekend warrior for my entire career, except when I wasn't. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So we 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 love the idea of supporting. You know, I think that we've uh, uh, through the show sort of over time have have always been um we, we sort of struggled with how, how do we how do we make that connection and i think when we started the show we we were even perhaps a little reluctant to to discuss it do we discuss that we're in the army on the air and i think that it was um kind of a slow roll like we we didn't know you know how much of ourselves should we put in the mm -hmm. show and how much of our own uh personal passion versus our watch passion should make it into the show. And then over time, I think we've been more comfortable with it. And that I, I think has more to do with just the support and uh, mm -hmm. not necessarily support for us, right? Because I, I don't think either one of us feels particularly in need of support with regards to our own service related uh, lives, but just the, the general support that we get from our listeners, you know, you can tell that the community is, uh, the type of community that's just really on board to support veterans, uh, veterans issues, uh, service member lifestyles. I think too that watches are a uh, a hobby and a passion that are really uh, that aligns really well with veterans and service members because it's such a tinkery, such a specific and precise hobby that I think it it just aligns really well with a lot of the the character traits that are typically present in that community of people well in any event i i really like the idea that this is an opportunity for us to participate in this veteran focused but also watch centric project so uh yeah. thank, thank you thank you for 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 doing this um oh. i have this watch on my wrist right now we've actually got the we've actually got the traveling watch project here in hand Indeed, you do. Well, sort of. It's on my wrist. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's in it, it's in one of our hands, but not mine currently. Uh, this is a pretty neat watch. This is a watch similar to to one I own, and, and a little bit less similar to one Andrew owns. This is the SNK, as you said, the SNK 80X that everybody knows and loves. Why don't you tell us about this watch, the genesis of the watch itself? Because I understand this is a watch of your creation. Um, so the genesis of the watch itself. And, and how we get here. Okay, so one of my first modding projects was uh, SMK 809. 
that I put a dial in from the uh, SKX 007. Uh, I had seen somebody else did it. I thought it looked really cool. So I went ahead and made one. Uh, I liked it. Uh, ended up giving it to my wife for a while. Ended up uh, modding it after that. Uh, I made her a different one. Uh, the dial ended up in an Invicta mod that uh, I put a, an H36 in and sold. So I was <laughs> kind of missing it. So I wanted to put another one together. And at the same time, on Instagram, I came across a lady who was hand painting these dials. Uh, she goes by the handle of S-H-W-E-N Design. Schwingler. So Schwinn Design, yes. So she hand paints those dials. I saw that and I went, that is really cool. Um, so I contacted her and she makes all the dials, uh, per order. So if you want one, you kind of have to contact her and say, Hey, this is what I want you to do. Can you make me one with a purple or a green or whatever? And, um, so I contacted her, she made the dial. I put it together, tried a couple different handsets. And with that, uh, the stock SMK 80 five hands that seem to work pretty good with that design. So uh, that's what I went with. I put a, a slightly domed crystal on that I picked up from Esslinger. Uh, nothing spectacular. Uh, I've also toyed with putting an NH35 or NH36 in there, but I did not because that crown is so small that trying to hand wind it right. is mm-hmm. kind of futile. Right. So, so the, the 7S26 movement uh, does the job. And so this dial, this is, uh, you know, you it, it makes more sense for you to pull up either our Instagram or Traveling Watch Project's Instagram uh, and look at this thing versus explaining it. But but just for the, the purpose of the show, this has got sort of a dark green, light green on dark green. I, it, it occurs to me that this may be the Milky Way, but why don't you tell us what the what the design is here? Yeah, so she kind of has a theme, and you can see on her Instagram page, and if you go to her website, that she she does these custom painted dials, and they have this galaxy that does the design. So you probably could equate it to the Milky Way. I don't know what her original thought was, but she does these uh, galaxy dials. It's what I remember them being called, and I thought, and I just emailed her and said, "Hey, can you do one in green?" She said, "Yeah, sure." And do you want to do some loom paint on it too? Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. So, <laughs> off and running. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, it, it's a really, it's a really good looking watch. You know, I, I don't know, um, I, I don't know how, how difficult it is to do this thing. What, what is, what? <laughs> on it. Oh, oh, he's checking the loom. Yeah. I was like, why is he tenting his sweatshirt over yeah, his face? Uh, for those of you who can't see us, I just, I, I turtled into my sweatshirt to, to look at the loom on the, on the dial because this, this dial is. Terrific! It's yeah. when I was looking at, it, I was like, "This, this looks like it's from a factory, but it's clearly not. The loom's not. It, it's not great right now because it hasn't been under light. It's been in your dark closet. But uh, I, I was glad that you said it was hand painted because I was like, "What? How? Uh, this looks hand painted, but it, it can't, must be like I, I, it's a fantastic dial. Like that really dark, dark emerald transitioning into a." Kind of a of loamy, kind of a loamy green in the galaxy center. I love 
that dial design and the fact that she's doing them by hand and making them look so factory finished is really impressive and a killer combination with that skx dial the handset and then the lightning bolt second hand on there yeah that milga second hand really carries it, the, carries the design yeah this this thing looks like a space watch <laughs> yeah yeah i i was trying out different second hands with that and i and i just happened to have that sitting in my you know box of goodies so to speak bunch of second hands and uh, that i just kind of dropped that on the dial and, okay yeah we're gonna go with that yeah that's so, that's the absolute right choice for for a galaxy themed dial and i've noticed you polished the bezel on this this is a project that i've also done uh on my S- snk uh um, yeah how, how how did you do that how did you do that project uh a dremel tool and barkeeper's friend yeah yeah fair <laughs> enough <laughs> Yeah, I used a uh, I used Mother's Magwheel polish and a Dremel tool, so I, yeah. I, totally. Yeah, I I you know what I taped the whole case off, everything except for the bezel, and then it's in. The thing that I had trouble with uh, when I polished my SNK bezel was I actually broke the topmost uh, chamfer, that topmost edge. I broke it <clears throat> as I, I I mean I didn't physically break it, but mm-hmm. I broke the the hard transition there. With oh, yeah. the with the sanding materials, because I went in, I think I went in with uh, uh, fifteen hundred. Well, first I I brushed it with an SOS pad uh, just to break the the um, blast uh, to get sort of a smoother a smoother texture, and then fifteen hundred and two thousand. I think maybe six hundred, fifteen hundred and two thousand. But by the time I was done with everything, it just sort of folded over that top. It had rounded that top off, which I didn't want. Um, did you struggle with that uh, with that aspect of this? No, because I I literally did not do anything else except just take the Dremel tool to it with oh, the, yeah. with the buffing wheel and yeah, your transition your tra- the transition on this is really smooth. Um, yeah, it lo- it looks great. You know what I wound up doing to fix that is when I um, when I pulled the crystal, I glued a piece of I glued a piece of fifteen hundred to uh, flat surface, and I can't remember now what it was. Uh, Probably a piece of plywood that you had. Something. Oh yeah, you know what it was? It was a piece of that that danite. danite. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a piece of danite. But I just sp- sp- took some wet dry, uh, hit it with some spray adhesive, s- put it on a p- flat piece of wood, and then set the watch just flat onto that and reset that top chamfer. Uh, oh, nice. Which which went wound up working really well, but uh, I think that this is such a killer look that polished bezel on mm-hmm. top of uh, on top of uh, a brushed or uh, or even a blasted case. You get that it gives you some depth of character there uh, in the watch. So this is a really fun one. Tell us a little bit more about this strap. So yeah, the gentleman on Instagram, a DIY watch and strap, uh, made that by hand. Uh, initially. I just had a, a standard leather strap on it. Um, when I first built it, I had a bracelet on it. But then as we came up the idea of the traveling watch project, I went, yeah, the bracelet's not going to fit everybody and everybody's going to have to resize it. So that's not going to work. We're going to have to go with a leather strap. Uh, and I had a standard leather strap. And as we're chatting in this group and I'm getting ready to launch the project, I initially had you guys lined up as, as the first stop. But then... Um, I came up with the idea, you know, asked 
asked him and said, hey, can you make a strap for this? And he was like, oh, absolutely, sure. And he had made a, a strap for me previously, which I really liked. So I knew the quality of his work. So I thought, great, how about we do this? We make you the first stop and you can make a, a strap for it. And then you get to put it on. And that was kind of his contribution to the project. And then from there, he sent it on to you guys. Um, he had three or four different ideas and he sent pictures to us in our little uh, modders chat group. And uh, at the last minute, he said, I'm going to do this double stitch project. Um, okay. And I didn't know what that really meant. Mm -hmm. And then he sent pictures after he, he put that together. And I went, oh, man, that works perfectly because the, uh, there's an angle with how he stitched it. And that angle kind of matches up with the direction of the galaxy. Totally. And the whole thing, whole thing really ties together very well. So I, I really have to thank him for, for such a fantastic idea. Yeah, it, it, it looks great. The leather is really nice leather, too. I don't know what this is, but it looks almost like a Chrome Excel uh, type of leather. But it, it's got that waxy finish. It's The whole thing just works really well. So well, so what's the what's what's in the future for this thing? So we actually have it right now. I think we're going to keep this thing for about four more days. So years. By, <clears throat> four more years. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> By the time these folks uh, hear this, I assume this will be en route to its next location. It's got uh, this actually has some some traveling to do in, in our hands between now yeah. and then. Um, but but then uh, eventually it will it will hit the post from from my hands to the post. So so what's next for this thing, and and what's the ultimate goal for for this watch? Yeah, so from you, it's traveling to down to California. Uh, it, it's going to kind of meander up and you know north and south as it makes its way eastward. Spo spoiler alert: It's traveling with me to California. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> with you from California, and then you can put it in the post to the next stop, uh, who's also in Sacramento. Or, well, not also. I don't know where you're going to California, but the next stop's in Sacramento, California. Well, well, you 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 know uh, another spoiler alert. There's there's an opportunity this thing gets hand delivered to its next stop, but. Uh, oh, awesome. more more on that. More to come because no no promises. Uh, but yeah, that that's a, that's a significant possibility at this point. So, um, and and then what? Uh, and then, so one of the gentlemen, Stazo, part of our group, uh, he's actually in Puerto Rico. So once it meanders eastward, north and south, uh, going to stop to him, and then from there. Uh, I'm going to send it on to England. Uh, the lady who painted the dial, so Schwen Design, she's going to have host it for a little while. Uh, it's going to go on to uh, Davy Jones, who's part of our group. Uh, some of the guys at Half Watch Project are interested in hosting it for a while. Love uh, those guys. Mm -hmm. So, uh, got quite a few stops uh, within the UK. Uh, from there, uh, still trying to solidify a solid path to Australia. But once we get to Australia, I certainly have a bunch of interested parties there. Uh, and again, you know, through uh, Southeast Asia and the Philippines. And then from there, uh, it gets sent back to me. Uh, and then uh, that's when we put together the book and put it up for auction. How, how are you, um, how are prospective host families getting their names on this list? Uh, so just uh, contacting me directly. So at 
Traveling Watch Project or at Gog JD on Instagram. Just send me a direct message. Say that you want to be in the rotation. Uh, we'll certainly put you on a list, which I've got to figure out a better way to manage the list because right now I'm handling handwriting everything on a notebook. And then somebody comes in and says, hey, I'm in Colorado, and I've already got the whole schedule mapped out. Like, okay, crap, i got to fit it in here. So, <laughs> Just double spacing okay. on your on your handwritten list. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to computerize everything um, because as this project keeps going on, it, it kind of has a snowball effect. It keeps getting bigger and bigger. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, we got to really scale up everything. Uh, well, tell but, us about the yeah. tell us about the auction at the end. So the the ultimate goal for this thing is to be auctioned off for charity for Veterans Watch Initiative. Um, yeah. But w- what does that look like? Do you have any hopes and dreams for that auction, or um, where are we at with that? Man, I, I have hopes to to raise. I, I would love to hand over more than a thousand dollars to the Veterans Watch Initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's again it's a, it's a little SMK 805 uh, with, with a bunch of pictures so you know it's, it, it's kind of like the uh, watch project or that or, or the uh, auction not too long ago with the tutor went for you know some ridiculous amount of money it's a it's a simple watch that anybody can get anywhere but the idea is it's for a charity um, and we're really trying to, to get a, a lot of money for them and there's a cool story behind it is this do you have any plans in the works for uh, like this being an annual event that we'll have Traveling Watch Project 2019, Traveling Watch Project 2020, and and kind of building some momentum in that way that it's, uh, you know, hey, if you missed it this year, you know, next year it's going to start on the West Coast of the United States. Get your name on the list for, for next year's path. Yeah, I did not think about that, to be honest. It, it was really a, a seat-of-the-pants type of approach, mm-hmm. but I, I like that idea very much, so I might steal that from you at some point. Oh, uh, yeah, you can, you can. it's not even theft. That, that, that was your idea. We talked about it off-air. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, I love that. You know, we're... we're uh, we're sort of moving on in terms of minutes of the show, but we'd be remiss to have you on the show and not talk about your experience in modding on a, on a more general scale. So do you, do you mind walking us through sort of your path into watch modding and um, sort of some of your favorite projects and, and maybe what you have working currently? Sure. A couple of years ago, almost two years ago uh, for Christmas, um, my wife got me, an original grain watch. Uh, she has no idea about the brand. She just knew that uh, I had kind of a passing interest at the time in watches. And she knew that I like scotch and bourbon and the wood from the original grain was, was reputed to be made from whiskey barrels. Right. She thought that was a great idea for me. And I got it. And I went, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I started investigating, uh, went down the rabbit hole. It's like, okay, well, watches. Um, so then I started reading up more about watches and getting into the different, you know, what's a cool, affordable, what would be the next step up? And of course, uh, automatic mechanical watch would be the next step from there. Okay, cool. So I kind of got into the SNK 805 and 809. Um, and then what, what's next? Okay, well, uh, I think I ended up with uh, one of the courts, uh, the Mecca courts is from Undone. Uh, and then 
as I'm reading up on all the different watches and going down that rabbit hole, I'm realizing somebody said something about mods. Oh, you can mod these. Oh, great. And as a lifetime tinkerer, that was just really you know, blew up my brain. <laughs> oh, no. New hobby. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Excuse to buy no more tools yeah. and more parts. <laughs> um, so from there, I started um, modding the uh, 805s, 809s. Uh, Unlike most modders, I did not go down the SKX rabbit hole. I have not had an SKX at all. Uh, I've had a seven, seven double two. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I haven't but, either. <laughs> but I got to the point where I realized I could pick up that Invicta Pro Diver, the eighty nine twenty six, eighty nine twenty seven, ninety ninety four. It's got the better movement than the SKX. Yeah. Um, You've got the 200 meters of water resistance. It's not really pro diver rated, but I live in Ohio. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't really need that. Um, So I've got a better movement and it's way cheaper. And if you, you know, keep tabs on uh, Amazon, uh, I use a a email or app called camel, camel, camel. That'll tell you when there's a price drop on Amazon. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can tell when you what your target price is. So sometimes I'll get these refurbished ones for like fifty bucks. I went fifty bucks NH thirty five. Yeah, that's movement price. Movement price alone yeah. is fifty bucks. Yes, and you get in the case. <laughs> so I, I have a, a history of taking less expensive things and, and modifying them to make them work better. So I, I did the same thing with guitars and amplifiers and my race bikes. So this was just an extension of that. Um. I really like the Explorer, so I kind of went down the rabbit hole of trying to, to make an Explorer. Mm-hmm. And I did make a couple of uh, Explorer homages. Uh, and I found that, personally, at this point, I like that 369 dial better in that sub-style case than I do by itself in the field case. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so moving on from the uh, modding the Invictus uh, and a couple of the other watches, I just... I'll buy one of those Franken watches uh, from India, knowing that for the most part it's going to be pretty much crap. But I've got a case for fifteen dollars. I can, yeah, I already know I'm going to put a new movement in. I'm going to put a new crystal in it. I've got a different dial in, so I'll do things like that, or I'll just uh, somebody like A Juice T. Uh, so Alexander James Watch just started out as a modder and has a line of parts, and I'll go to him and I'll just buy a case directly from him and just buy all the parts separately and, and construct watches from there. Well, some of your favorite projects, you mind talking about some of your favorite modded watches, uh, whether in your collection now or, or since having moved on? Yeah, I, I think some of the favorites as of now, I'm getting these hand acid etched dials from a gentleman in uh, Poland. And you can see them on Instagram from time to time. Uh, I think it's L-E-S-Z-E-K custom. So let's check custom. Uh, He's also, or let's check Guilloche. I just saw one. And we'll link to that in the show notes. But yeah, I'm looking at these right now. Oh, dang. Super cool. So yeah, I saw a couple of those dials. I went, oh, that's really cool. And so... uh, I bought a couple of dials from him, and after a while, I bought enough that he started throwing in extras. 
And one of the extras was that uh, kneeling soldier. And I really liked that. And it kind of fit in with the uh, a veterans tribute that we like to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I kept cruising and, and putting together dials from that. And then he had one with the helmet rifle boots. So I bought that from him and I liked it so much. I went, okay, can I buy more of these? Is there a way to do that? He said, and he just kind of said, yeah, it's going to be a while. Right. Uh, <laughs> Cause like I'm actually making these. Yeah. Cause he's making them by hand and that's not the only thing he's got to do. Uh, so, uh, I don't know if you can see this one. I'll put it up a little closer, but yeah, just kind of helmet rifle boot mm-hmm. uh, in a black Ajus T, uh, case. Uh, with the sapphire crystal, and that's really one of my favorites right now. Yeah, very cool, very cool. A- a- anything, any any projects that that you uh, have in the in the works right now that you're willing to talk about? Yeah, so I have a couple more of these dials that I'm putting together for uh, uh, some other veterans uh, that I that I know, new friends of mine. Um, uh, other than that, as far as mod projects, man, I got a stack of parts. I don't know. <laughs> You're always in the midst of a project, just just by the nature of how many parts you have around. <laughs> yes, yes, that in my incessant need to tinker with stuff. So yeah. What was your What was your first mod project? When was the first time you cracked a case open and said, "All right, I can do this"? Uh, SMK eight hundred five. With the uh, SKX dial. Okay. And and I struggled putting the second hand on that. So I just said, screw it. I'm not putting the second hand on it. And it doesn't have the little minute markers anyways. It's just got the hour markers. And <laughs> so nobody needs to know. the. We're not looking at exact minutes, so we don't need to know the exact seconds. Screw it. I'm done. All right. Uh, <laughs> I, I like that. Because, I mean, who, who cares about the second hand unless you're, until you're trying to sync exactly? And I know you, I mean, you ever think like, eh, it's a, I woke up at eight. It's probably about eight twenty now. Set the clock, set the watch to eight twenty. Yeah, no, that's how I set yeah. my watch. I yeah. know. Yeah. L- literally <laughs> oftentimes my watch is as much as seven minutes off and, and I just roll with it. So. <laughs> uh, well, well, good. Uh, you, you know, I, I think this is the point of the show where we're going to transition. A- anything else related to the Traveling Watch Project or related to your own mining experiences that you want to chat about before we, we transition over? I, I just say, uh, if anybody wants to be part of the Traveling Watch Project, uh, follow us on Instagram, the little underscore between the words. Uh, follow along. Uh, part of the rules of the Traveling Watch Project are it's up to you to put up the postage to send it on to the next person. Uh, you have to put up posts or pictures. Um, and, uh, don't be a jerk. And that's really pretty much it. And we've probably been a little bit negligent in terms of putting up pictures. Uh, so we're making it up to, to you by, by bringing you on the show, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, w- w- with that, with that said, uh, other things, Andrew, my man, what do you got, Go? So I, I learned uh, over this last week of paternity leave that it paternity leave is a really expensive venture for me because uh, I have a lot of time to uh, just sit on my phone or the computer and find ways to spend money. 
And something, an idea that you and I have kicked around a lot over the last couple of years is some amateur blacksmithing. Y- yeah, yeah. And we both, well, I specifically have adequate backyard and tool shop storage space to be able to host a mobile backyard hobbyist blacksmithing venture. Mm-hmm. And I am wondering if anybody out there, any of our listeners, because obviously there's people out there, but if our listeners have any direct experience doing this, because I've got a whole list of uh, backyard hobbyist uh, tools, and I'm specifically interested in a forge. If mm. anybody has any input in a forge, I've been looking at the Hell's Forge portable propane forge. Uh, it's a single burner, uh, ready to go um, propane forge. And I'm wondering if anybody has any experience with these or has experience with other comparable items. Because what, what I'm really looking for is something that's mobile, something that I can unplug from the propane, pack up, then when I'm using it, put it on top of its work, workbench and use it. So if anybody has any experience with that, I'm very interested to hear uh, your ideas, your input, because I'm not going to build one. That's that's what I'm settled on. Yeah. I, w- I will yeah. not be building one. As easy or difficult as it may be, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to invest that time into it. I'm prepared to buy just a, a forge. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think... There's a handful of tools. There's a handful of tools we'll need. We'll need a forge, right? That's the first thing we'll need. Yep. Um, so certainly, uh, whether we use whether we use flat bar stock or whether we start with with uh, steel that's a that's a, repurposed. It, it, repurposed, right? E- either way, you're gonna need a forge for parts of this. Uh, some people hammer and bezel. Some people do stock removal. Either way, you're probably gonna need a forge at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we'll need. Uh, we'll need an anvil. Yep, that's a, that's probably the biggest sort of investment uh, in terms of in terms of energy. Because even we either get a very cheap as, uh, anvil mm-hmm. or or we get a more expensive anvil. If we get the cheaper anvil, uh, then we have to worry about anchoring and and solidifying the base of it. So mm-hmm. e- either way, it's not going to be simple. We also need a belt grinder. Uh, you, you know, I think that these grinders at Harbor Freight that are, yep. are teeny tiny are probably the way to go for uh, first time DIY. But uh, I, I know that there's a whole uh, run of information on the internet about how to modify to make those slightly better. See, I was uh, thinking about just building a an easy mount for a belt sander. It, yeah, yeah. I I I wonder. We'll we'll have to we'll yeah, have we, to look we, into there's that. There's more tinkering to be done. But and, uh, and and the purpose of you bringing to this this to the show is to say. Hey, if you know, if you know, because I, I, I'm interested, I'd I'd like some feedback that's not from a forum. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and I think both of us probably have watched enough episodes of Alex Steele mm-hmm. uh, and every other backyard blacksmither. Simple Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you know, I think actually Simple Life is probably my in terms of just pure watchmaking or watchmaking, knife making pleasure. Mm-hmm. Simple Life is is maybe my favorite of those channels. Uh, Al- Alex Steele has transitioned onto these huge mega projects at this point, making tons of money. Uh, but it is less of the backyard blacksmith yeah. than he used to be. You know, now he's uh, a mega YouTube channel. So, uh, yeah, very cool. I- I'm excited to see what comes of this. Me too. Hopefully, some knives. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, some knives. Yeah. Stay, stay tuned. Uh, it's gonna be the, uh, it's gonna be the Forty and Twenty Knife podcast. Shortly. It, it, it may be. Right. <laughs> it'll it'll be under our umbrella media corporation. 
So can we talk can we talk a little bit about Star Wars? I mean, I haven't seen it yet. Well, nobody's seen it yet because it just came out last night. Well, so actually half of America has seen it. Yeah. You you know well, it came out two nights ago, didn't it? Uh Friday night. Is it Saturday? It, I thought it came out. <laughs> And not only is Andrew a police officer, but he is on paternity leave, so he actually never has any clue. What I have time. no concept of what day of the week it is, or, or even often what time of day it is. No, you're you're like, is it is it the morning? What? Yeah, I know it's dark. <laughs> yeah, but dark out right now could be like five p.m. Right. So yeah. it it is Saturday morning. Okay. Okay. So you're you're we're here. I'm here now. Okay. <laughs> Happy weekend. <laughs> So, uh, you know, we have kids that are uh, six and eight, and they're old enough now to be engaging in Star Wars with us. And we've watched um, episodes one through three with them because we thought, you know, for for kids, that's a fun place to start, Mm -hmm. Um, particularly episode one. I'm actually sort of an apologist for that first, uh, the first quote unquote first slash second trilogy. But I think you have to be the Anakin Skywalker uh trilogy i'm a bit of an apologist for it i actually think it's pretty fantastic uh i I say what you will about jar jar binks or some of the overblown uh juvenile nature of that very first phantom menace uh movie i i I still uh, or not phantom menace um yeah phantom menace whatever episode one is uh i i actually really think that movie is a lot of fun but but that whole first trilogy is, I think, a great place if you're going to start your kids because it just starts off in more of a uh, engaging, youthful mm-hmm. manner. The story's probably not as complex or 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 quite as uh, quite as refined. Didn't have to be. Um, but but then you get into episodes four, five, and six, and I think if you've started with you know this is Darth, this is who Darth Vader is, it gives them an anchor point. But so now we've watched. One, two, three. We've watched four, five, six, and then just, just in the last month, watched seven and eight. Uh, did you? Where did you put Rogue One in the viewing? You, we haven't lineup. watched it yet. Okay. We haven't watched it yet, and, and I think that maybe once we. So, so the plan was we're going to go see eight uh, or nine in the theater. Nine will be their first theater Star Wars movie. I actually loved, 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 loved Episode Seven. Um, not because it was a phenomenal story, because it's not, right? It's not a phenomenal story. No. It's, a, it's a rehash of episode four, perhaps. Um, but uh, more because I just thought it was so much fun. And then episode eight, I, I think, really sort of gets into sort of new territory. The Here's what I really want to talk about. Because in reading about episode nine... Nobody has seen the movie outside of a handful of reviewers, and everybody's already decided it's terrible. And when I say everybody, obviously not everybody, but this contingent of Star Wars fandom is so terrible. It's just the worst. It's just the worst. I think it's just the worst. Um, you, You know, the movie came out last night. Meanwhile, on Thursday, there's... Articles coming up saying, you know, this is the worst movie that that's ever been made. Uh, I I just really struggle with the idea that in this day and age, it's so hard to please a fan base. There's also no way to end it, right? This is exactly the same issue that we ran into with season eight of Game of Thrones. We have such impassioned fans, a globally connected fan base and everyone wants something different 
there is no way to please even half of that fan base. There's just not. There's no way to wrap it up clean. There's no way to meet everyone's expectations because it's so hyped up over 40 years of hype. Yeah. How on earth do you live up to 40 years of hype? Yeah. You don't. You can't. It's going to be a good movie. I bet it's going to be You're going to enjoy awesome. it. You're not going to check your watch. That is an indicator of a good movie. You don't have to check your watch while you're watching it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I think I think that's right. In any event, I haven't seen it. So uh, I don't know how good it is or how bad it is. Uh, but I did want to talk about it a little bit just because I think it's a really fun thing. I think it's been a lot of fun to bring our kids into it. I'm super excited to go see Nine. I think we're going to see that probably tomorrow, perhaps on Monday. Enjoy. And we're just going to love it. Yeah. I, I'm just sure we're going to love it. And if you don't, who gives a fuck? It's a movie. Right. <laughs> it is. That's right. It is. This is not the marriage of your oldest daughter. No. Right. Gosh. <laughs> and it feels a little bit like, like some ways, some people treat it that way. Like we've, we spent 40 years grooming this, this experience, you know, well, you didn't have shit to do with it. It's a story. Go enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't get input, write your fan fiction and, and write it how you want it. <laughs> Damn. So, uh, JD, Mr. Campbell, yes, here you are. Uh, I've I've given you the the grand task of providing another thing for the show. I understand you have one. Without yeah. further ado, have at it. So, uh, you guys turned me on to a couple of podcasts, and, and I have to thank you for sucking up a whole lot of my time with uh, "Hello from the Magic Tavern." Hell yes! <laughs> <laughs> but the the podcast I have is called Living Adventurously. That was just launched by a gentleman called Alistair Humphrey. And the basis of it is uh, he, he's a gentleman who's done a lot of adventuring throughout his life. He's rode his bike around the world. He's drug a cart across the Sahara Desert. He's done some really amazing things. But this is just him on a bike riding around England talking to people about what living adventurously means to them. Um, it could be something as grand as is taking trips to uh, Africa, you know, sub-Saharan Africa, or going out to uh, New Zealand. But he also runs into people who run a school for uh, mentally handicapped people uh, after, say, 20 or 30 years of working within the standard education system. And to them, uh, just taking those people and putting them uh, from an environment that's normally constrained and just bringing them outside so they can uh, experience animals or experience being in the woods uh, in whatever limited capacity that is, is, is an adventure for those people. So he, he touches really on all sorts of different topics. And I so far, I am really enjoying it. Is he just grabbing... I mean, obviously, you can't just walk up to somebody off the street and say, hey, give me an hour. But is he just is he just touching every demographic, every group of people he can get his hands on, anybody who agree to sit and chat with him? Yeah, that's the impression I get. And he mm-hmm. doesn't really explain it, uh, that that's how he set it up. But you get the impression that he's, he's made arrangements with all these stops along the way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and he just sits and talks with them. And then he has a, a deck of cards. He has them pull out the different questions out of these deck of cards and have them answer them. Like uh, from where you're at today, what would you tell your younger self? Oh, okay. Uh, or, um, or, you know, what does living adventurously mean to you? Uh, so interesting questions. Uh, not necessarily you have to have like a scholarship to answer. Mm-hmm. 
you, you know, Alistair Humphreys is this guy that if you if you if you recognize the name, uh, you, you've probably seen. Uh, you, you know, I think he was a National Geographic feature person a number of years ago. But he's just he's this guy who's uh, I think he describes himself as a micro adventurer, right? Um, yeah. And and so this idea of these small sort of self contained adventures to uh, to you know fill those parts of your life that are you know everybody everybody has some sort of grind and so how do we how do we break the grind and we break it with uh we break it with doing things genuinely engaging in things that uh are going to to make you more full and to satisfy some of these uh urges to to break free from the grind so uh, you, you you know you brought him up earlier and I was like gosh I know that name and and it's and it's occurred to me over the course of the show how I know him uh, yeah very fun I I haven't listened to the podcast but but I definitely it's now on my list and you got a good plane ride ahead of you to to do that yeah that's that's right yeah that's right so maybe I'll check out some of those episodes uh, uh, in the in the drive perhaps or or in the air America. America. Hey, you know, uh, this is this is probably a great time for us to transition. But I, I kind of want to. There's one one additional thing I wanted to ask you about, and I mentioned it earlier. But uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to end the show without asking you about the decision to ride ride flat pedals. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, okay. Go yeah, for cause, it because it, it's unusual for people who are serious, you know, quote unquote, bicycle riders to ride flat pedals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that came about, the idea for me came about when I was riding, uh, I was racing cyclocross. I'd been racing cross for all about four or five years at that point. And we were coming up on a really muddy race that was going to be in the middle of January. And it was temperatures were going to be dipping in and out of the freezing area. And I knew that, uh, so for people who aren't familiar with, typically serious bicycle riders ride shoes that clip into their pedals so you have a real positive contact. Which counterintuitively is referred to as clipless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a long story to that. <laughs> yeah. I can explain, but that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, these, they're called clipless pedals, uh, but they clip in and you're very solidly connected, kind of like ski bindings. Uh, mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but during these really muddy, freezing, snowing conditions, your shoes get full of mud or snow. They freeze up. You can't get clipped into the to the pedals. The pedals get full of snow and mud and freeze up, so you can't get your shoes in. And you spend you know half a lap flailing around trying to get your shoes in. I thought if I go to flat pedals, I eliminate that. You know, I can just jump on. Honk on my pedals and get cranking without having to worry about getting clipped in. Um, that was the thought was kind of preceded by the fact that I watched a gentleman and, and I don't have it in front of me, but there was a YouTube video of a, a guy who's a, a trials rider, but he takes a road bike and he does some really amazing tricks on a bike uh, on a standard, you know, what you would see guys ride the Tour de France with road bike. And he does it with flat pedals. So I thought, if this guy can do these really amazing tricks on flat pedals, I can use them to just pedal my fat butt around a cyclocross course. Yeah. <laughs> so I started using them. Uh, I liked the experience enough. Uh, in the off-season, I didn't bother to change them. Um, but my other bikes, and again, like serial hobbyists, so I have many bikes. Um, 
But as I was switching between the bikes, I didn't like the idea that I'd have to go, okay, I need my bike shoes for this bike. Now I can wear whatever shoes with this bike. I just like the idea of being able to hop on a bike and, and ride down to the post office without having to put my bike shoes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, before yeah. everybody tunes out, I'll say I'm also an evangelist of the of the of the flat pedals. Uh, I, I think it's great. I was I, I was when I was get, really sort of getting into bikes and and riding bikes, uh, reading a lot of Grant Peterson. Uh, Grant Peterson yeah. is uh, the the proprietor of of Rivendell Bikes in California, which is they make these really sort of. I, I think they he he refers to himself as retro grouch. Uh, but it's this sort of idea that lugged steel is better than carbon. Uh, classic, long, comfortable geometry is better than short, aggressive, twitchy geometry uh, for 99% of people. He's sort of anti-weight reduction. He says, you know, the, if you want to reduce weight, uh, if weight. you want to reduce weight, sit down, sit down, put your knees sort of, put your feet flat on the ground, look at your belly button and it, uh, unless it's completely flat you should start there and not anywhere yep. else you know he's just this very sort of pragmatic uh it, it, a little bit obnoxious from time to time but in a way that that it's attractive to me but he yeah. is this uh he's got this uh idea that is fairly well developed and you can read about it if you google grant peterson flat pedals uh that a the the energy transfer thing is total bullshit except for you know maybe two or three percent of the riders in the world uh you're not losing anything credible you uh aren't gonna get aren't gonna get hot foot aren't gonna get hot calf which for me was the thing the one time i've tried clipless systems i thought gosh this is really uncomfortable on my lower legs Mm. uh and i probably could have broken through that um but it was attractive to me in a in a for, from a financial standpoint, like I don't have to buy new equipment. I can just get a $35 pair of, of flat pedals from Velo Orange uh, yeah. and, and, and get put on my, uh, you know, put on my uh, Adidas Copas and go ride anywhere I want uh, and, and then walk into a restaurant and not look like an asshole. Uh, I just think it's fantastic. Sound. sound. You, you can look like it, but you won't sound like one. Per- well, in my case, like I'll tap shoes. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll both look and sound like one, notwithstanding my fair, what, yeah, no, what's on true. my feet. Uh, uh, but yeah, so I, I saw that on your I saw that on your uh, Instagram, and I thought <laughs> I got to ask him about this because it's such a rare thing. And you know, anytime I ever do a ride with with other people, they're like, "What is wrong with you?" And uh, I knew that was going to be something that I was going to like about you. Uh, so glad to have you talk about it, Andrew. Uh, we are going to break. I'm going to take just a second to talk about both the Veterans Watch Initiative. Check that out. Uh, Google them. Check out what they're doing. Also, check out uh, Traveling Watch Project on Instagram. That's traveling underscore watch underscore project. Um, Anything that you want to add before we cut for the day? I like clipless pedals. Uh, We have a lot of hills here. (laughs) And I have found that I am more comfortable climbing in clipless systems. I hate you so, uh, so much. J.D. Kimple, anything you want to add before we cut for the end of the day? Uh, Andrew, try the, try the clipless or try the flat pedals for a while. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of hills around mm-hmm. here, and, and you'll adjust fairly quickly to to you going without them. So okay, it'll be all right. Fantastic. Uh, uh, with that, with that, we will break. Uh, thank you for joining us for this episode of Forty and Twenty. Check us out on the Instagram at Forty and Twenty. Also, check out Traveling Watch Project, Traveling underscore Watch underscore Project. 
check us out on patreon.com if you want to support the show patreon.com slash 40 and 20 that's how we pay for all of our hosting and the things and expenses that we occur in the production of this show don't forget to tune back in next thursday for another hour of watches food drinks life and other things we like bye bye